Hey guys, welcome back to the session. It's your girl, Professor Mo. Um, I'm super excited. Uh, we're obviously coming to you with a visual aspect now. Uh, thanks to, you know, Kava Culture Lake Mary, they got us right. Come get your drinks, come get your teas. Um, but I have a very special guest with me today. And so I'm gonna allow him to introduce himself. Hey everyone, my name is Diego Solorsano. Um, how do I really do this? I'm 19, I'm local <laughs> to Lake Mary here, especially a local out here at Kava Culture. One, I really do appreciate you having me on. This is awesome, yeah. by the way. I, I heard that I was the first guest. Yes, very first, first guest. guest. They're oh, used to man. just me, so. Wow, well that's awesome. Well, I appreciate you having me. Thank yeah, you. yeah. All right, so you know, that was a little bit about him. You guys already know me, so we're gonna get right into it. Um, the first thing I really wanna talk about is just how young you are in business because oh, I know I'm 23 I've said that a couple times before but for those of you who don't know but my boss man here is 19 a whole, a whole business owner a founder like come on co-founder co okay excuse me co-founder you know you got to give everybody else props too. <laughs> but um tell me a little bit about one your business and mm -hmm. just two maybe some of the pros and cons of your age mm -hmm. being in the business yeah, honestly, that's a that's a great question because especially with a lot of young entrepreneurs that are trying to take on the business world right now, a lot of them believe that their age or at least their experience level kind of holds mm. them back in a manner, right? And I found it to be both something that puts me forward and something that keeps me back, mm -hmm. right? And it's and it's kind of a dual-ended sword, right? Mm -hmm. So I am a co-founder um, of a direct sales organization, which is Solar Home Technologies, which is what we're doing. And it's a solar company. It's a solar distributorship that we do for residential homes. We put solar panels on houses, mm -hmm. help people out their electricity bill. And um, yeah, I'm the co-founder of that and I'm the director of sales right mm -hmm. now. But I wouldn't be what I was, especially for this business application, had I not had a different avenue mm -hmm. in my uh, previous endeavor where I was doing direct sales for water filtration. Mm -hmm. So that's where I, where I learned how to sell, right? I learned how to introduce myself. I learned how to articulate my arguments. Mm -hmm. That's really the biggest thing. But I've never really had a situation where I've sat down with a homeowner and talked to them about a potential investment and they said, well, you're too young. Mm -hmm. What do you know? Yeah. Right. But I think that the, the reason why that that's the case is because I've always been around older people. Mm -hmm. I've always related with older people sure. in, a, in a manner that, you know, has been conducive for me and also has helped me behind, you know. So being able to do that in, in a way is definitely encouraging because mm -hmm. I'm so young. But then it's also like, man, I'm so young and I'm trying to get to this point. Am I really am I rushing? Mm -hmm. Should I take should I take it slow? Should I hold it back? Should yeah. I, what should I be? So it's a very weird position to be in, mm -hmm. I would say. But. I think the beauty about being so young in the game is that you, you can be afforded to make say, make mistakes. Yes. Right. So when I'm talking to homeowners and I say, hey, listen, you know, I know a little bit about this, but I don't know everything about it. They kind of like chuckle and laugh it off because I look like their son. Yeah. So it's kind of like their son bringing home like a school presentation. <laughs> yeah. But they signed the paperwork. Of course. You know what I mean? So day, it, it's it's been in both manners. Right. Yeah. The other good thing is that, it, you know, if I was, let's say, a lot older, 30, 40, you know, whatever. I guess I would be expected to know a lot more than what I do. Mm -hmm. So I think I can get away with a lot more yeah. as, as a younger, younger individual. Mm -hmm. So that's what I encourage a lot of young entrepreneurs to do is, is don't think that your age is something that mm -hmm. stops you. For sure. Right. All it comes down to is your articulation. Mm -hmm. It comes down to your know-how and it comes down to being okay with not knowing. Yeah. A lot of young entrepreneurs, they get in this game and they think that they know everything because, mm -hmm. you know, whatever social media that they're following or whatever books they're reading, mm -hmm. it it becomes a very dangerous game to play yeah. because when you're so young, you try and overcompensate for who you are. And that's what causes a lot of times where you think you know more than you do. And it causes a lot of problems down the road. So be, you know, having a, a, a level of humility when you're approaching potential clients is definitely something that's helped me a lot. Um, but other than that, yeah. I mean, I, what about you? Have you been in the, how long have you been in business? Like you're 23. So <laughs> tell me about that. Um, so that's actually a funny story because mm -hmm. I really, came up with the plan for my business and what I was going to do in 2019 and it's 2022 now. So I'm, I'm just now taking those first steps so I can kind of relate to those people who yeah. may be a little hesitant to jump on it. But I, I honestly, I'm, I'm appreciative that I took the time that I did, but I wish mm -hmm. I would have just kind of jumped in a little bit earlier because mm -hmm. it was just me in my head because everything that I did now were steps that I could have taken earlier and kind of had time but it gave me time to kind of also see the benefits of waiting as well because sometimes you're not ready because your daily life and your daily habits aren't where it should be yeah because what are you 
what is it beneficial for you to jump into something if you can't maintain it? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times people are so focused on like, oh, let me be the CEO, let me do this, let me do mm-hmm. that, that they don't take the time to like have that knowledge or like, for example, like I know we have the conversation about the restaurant, like one girl wants to own a restaurant, but she's never worked at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know how a restaurant works, then why would you just jump into being a restaurant owner when you don't even know what a team member does? You don't know what your shift leader does. You don't know what your assistant mm-hmm. is. Like, you don't know what these roles do or how any of the inner workings actually happen. I mean, so. that's, you, you, you hit it right on the head. And I think right now with the way that the, the overall landscape is, mm-hmm. especially with social media, Oof. we see the results of things. <laughs> but we don't see what yes. it took to get there, right? So we see the Instagram models lifting big weights. We mm-hmm. see the entrepreneurs making millions of dollars. We see the influencers with a million followers. Mm-hmm. But we don't see the sleepless nights trying to exactly. get a you know trying to get a deadline done. We don't yeah. see the guy in the gym at four a.m. eating six times a day, exactly. you know, pumping protein, pumping rock. Like we don't see that. Mm-hmm. So we're in a world of instant gratification in a lot of ways, and that's I mean that's probably been the hardest thing for me, mm-hmm. right? It take in my business, it takes a long time to get yes. paid. It takes a long time to get paid. And I came from an industry where I was getting, you know, I sell something next week, I'm paid. Hmm. Sell something next week, I'm paid. But with this, it could be, you know, 60 to 90 days before I even look at a paycheck. Mm -hmm. But waiting for that type of, you know, waiting, having that patience, Mm -hmm. I think is going to be way more beneficial for me in the overall game of life than it is, you know, for what I was doing prior. But Mm -hmm. that's the thing is that people just want to jump straight to CEO. Mm -hmm. The best things take time, though. Exactly. Exactly. And even if you're a founder, even if you're a founder or even if, for example, the girl that was trying to open up a restaurant, Mm -hmm. if you open up a restaurant and you're learning how to run the line, you're learning what it takes to be in the back of the kitchen, you're learning what it takes to take orders, you're learning what it takes to wait, right? Mm -hmm. Doing those things on the process of learning and then being the owner on top of that, mm-hmm. that's going to do a lot more than you being an owner and then trying to hire people under you. Exactly. Right. So I think the biggest thing for young entrepreneurs now is to be okay with starting at the bottom, mm-hmm. working every single day for nothing, yes. and then making it to the top. Mm-hmm. Right. Because then all that knowledge that props you up makes it more credible. Like for example, even with my age, mm-hmm. you know, if I hire a guy that's you know could be my dad, let's say, yeah, he the first thing he's going to ask me, what do you know? What do you know about this business? Mm-hmm. Like, why should I work for you? But if I told them, hey, listen, this is how I started. This is where I am now. There's a level of credibility. Yeah. There's a level of credibility on the things that I say as well. So I think that's probably the fine tuning of, mm-hmm. you know, starting at the bottom, moving up and getting to where you want to be. Yeah, you know? for but sure. What do you think? Um, I think like how you were saying, I think sometimes you have to learn how to keep your head down. And it, I think it ultimately also comes down to your daily habits and being able to maintain what you have. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times it's easy to say, I have this plan, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do this. But do you do it consistently? Yeah. Do you do it daily? Do you make your bed in the morning? Because we were talking about that book. And Admiral McRaven, you got to read that book. I know, I have to. You got to read that book. I have book. to. And what, if anyone, what for, the, for if everybody. Any, yeah, yeah. If, I was just about to say, so if anyone knows that book, it's by William Ad, or Admiral William McRaven, mm-hmm. Make Your Bed. Mm-hmm. It is basically gives a streamlined process to how to change the world. Like if you want to change the world, the first step is making your bed. Yeah. Right. And the reason why he says that is because if you, if you begin your day with a task completed, you will continue your day with more goals hit. For sure. And let's say you have a terrible day, you'll come back to a bed that's made. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing about it. And, you know, I took that to heart. I read that book, I would say, man, I was probably a freshman in high school when I read mm, that book. Really? And, it took me a while, but once I made the habit, consistently, every single day I make my bed. Yeah. I don't on the weekends, though, which is kind of funny <laughs> because on the weekends I'm not doing anything. Yeah. So it's um, it's interesting how that one goes. But every single day, if I'm getting something done, I'm making my bed. That's the first thing that I do. Yeah. My, my room could be a mess. Everything just destroyed. I make my bed. Yeah. You know, and then I'll clean the other stuff up. But make your bed. Make your bed. Your I highly recommend that book if you have wanted to lead into and kind of pick your brain about Mm -hmm. is just leadership Uh, because there's this quote it's on this poster above my bed I talk about it all the time by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and it says great leaders have the ability to initiate articulate and follow through on their vision Mm -hmm. and so you really have to when you address that whole quote you have to understand that there's different ways that you can go about that so in your opinion what do you think makes a good leader and the qualities that it takes to maintain leadership among your people? That's a great question. I mean, so to give you an idea of where I came from, Mm -hmm. I came from a very, very structured 
developing mindset, right? Mm -hmm. So what that means is that the way that I started, I started in martial arts. Mm -hmm. So I did, I did Taekwondo for 10 years. And then, you know, I started to lean into like in my high school years, I was a wrestler, I was a fighter. That is probably the most influential thing that I probably have ever gone through yet yeah. was being a wrestler. And, you know, I was on a state level, on a national level, and it just taught me every possible thing I feel like I could be taught in the world. Like mm -hmm. what it feels like to go hungry, what it feels like to work through something, what it feels mm -hmm. like to be disciplined, what it feels like to know that your actions directly translated to success. Yeah. Right. And a lot of un young entrepreneurs, we look at these motivational videos, right? Every mm -hmm. single day. We look yeah. at the 212s, we look at Tony Robbins, but we don't execute. Mm. Right. And Dr. King says, follow through. Yes. It's, ex it's about execution. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you ask me what takes a good leader, I would say a couple of things. I would say someone who is a good follower, mm. someone who's a good listener, but of service is the most important thing that yes. I think is, is, is a good leader, right? My leadership style, because there's multiple leadership styles, and you know, young entrepreneurs, they'll learn their leadership styles as they continue mm. and grow. What I have found to be my leadership style and the most effective for me is service. Yes. How can I help you? Mm -hmm. Right. Because if you're my sales guy, let's say, because I've trained, you know, I've trained, you know, canvassing teams and canvassing teams are the individuals that go out, that create appointments, mm -hmm. sales guys, the guys that go in and actually close deals. So I've I've touched my hands in pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. And the number one consistency with what makes a successful team is service. Yeah. Right. I take care of you. So you take care of the customer. I don't hear from the customer. Mm -hmm. If I hear from the customer, you pay for it. Of course. Right. Not pay for it as nah, in like, a, you, like a derogatory way, but pay yeah. for it as in like you need to be held accountable. Yeah. So service, service, I would probably say is the, is the leading thing that creates a good environment and mm -hmm. culture within your organization mm -hmm. because without service, you become tyrannical. Yeah. And when you become a tyrannical, no one wants to be around For you. For sure. Right. And it becomes resentment level, yeah. like a cancer mm -hmm. in your organization. So yeah, service yeah. is probably the, the most important thing yeah. to me. And I think that that also just applies in regular because I feel like even though we are talking about business, that applies to people as well because even to quote dr king again he always says that not everybody can be famous but everyone can be great because greatness is determined by service and so if you truly are here to help the world because mm -hmm. your business doesn't exist without the world your your customers are the world so if you mm -hmm. don't care about the world you don't care about your business because at the end of the day everything is people's business and everything is sales in a way because you're trying to get mm -hmm. two people yeah. and service them for their needs. Well, even our last even our last conversation, I told you everything is a transaction. Mm -hmm. Everything. It doesn't matter. So to be a successful young entrepreneur or an entrepreneur in general, whether mm -hmm. young, old, whatever, yeah. you have to be a good salesperson. For sure. In some way shape or form, you have to be able because if you're not a good salesperson, then you are going to follow in the ladder of finding a good salesperson to work for. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah. There are people that would rather just work. They would mm -hmm. rather just sit in a, you know, sit in, you know, zoned place, know their cubicle. tasks for the day. <laughs> it could be a cubicle, it could be at their home, whatever, yeah. right? But they know their tasks and they want to complete those tasks and that's it. Yeah. Which is fine. But it takes a level of empathy. It mm -hmm. takes a level of understanding for an individual on a person to person level to be a good leader. And those are the people that end up being the entrepreneurs. Because mm -hmm. the entrepreneurs are saying, okay, well I know how to do something. I want to teach you how to do that thing. And I want to see you get better at that thing. I love that. My yeah. favorite thing in the world is taking someone who doesn't know something, teaching them something, Education. and them doing it better consistently. Mm -hmm. And I love that yeah. so much. But that's just a trait of mine that that's my, mm -hmm. that's my fix per se. Like yeah. I don't like, I do it for a lot. You know, I want to be able to have financial freedom. I want to be able to do this. I want to go there. But mm -hmm. the reality is, is I love being able to p create a platform for people to create more opportunity for themselves. For sure. Which is why I think sales is such an amazing thing to do because it's it's just you. Mm -hmm. You can't rely on X, Y, and Z. You have to go out, you have to go talk, you have to either pick up the phone, you gotta knock those doors, you gotta write the accounts, you gotta do whatever you gotta do, but it comes down to you and it comes down to your own discipline. For sure. Right? And that's what I really love about, about that business. But yeah, it really does come down to the transactions. What is needed in this world and you find what's needed. Yes. Right? Once you find what's needed, how do you monetize it? Mm -hmm. Once you monetize it, that's when you start creating a bankroll. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Everything is a transaction. But I even told you, he who only speaks business fails at other yes. all other aspects in his life. Right? So there are those, you know, especially young entrepreneurs that like to create themselves in like the echo chamber, mm. right? Where if you don't talk yeah. about business, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. Right? But all the time, you should be expanding your horizons on who you talk to. For sure. And that's really what I love you about can learn my job. from anybody. Yeah, exactly. Learn from everybody. You know, you work at a nine to five. Okay, great. What is it? What do you do? How do you do it? 
what happens. Exactly. I don't personally want to work a nine to five, but <laughs> but guess what? Those are our clients. For sure. Those are our people. They give their hard-earned money to us. Yeah. So for us to not even acknowledge their existence. Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> it, who are we? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of the thing is that at the end of the day, you have to be a good salesperson. You have to understand the transaction that's, that's going on. Yeah. Right. So you create the need, you monetize that need, and then you move forward with that need mm-hmm. and everything else will follow. Yeah. You know, like, what do you think? Um, I, t- I totally agree with everything you said. And I really feel like it just comes down to your intention at the mm-hmm. end of the day, because you can be money hungry. You can say, I want to increase these profit margins by taking advantage of the people I have on yeah. salary, salary versus my hourly. You can try and manipulate all these things. But you have to understand that if your intention is only to make money, you will fail. Correct. Like, it, Correct. <laughs> at the end of the day, like there's there's nothing that you can do to go around people and treating them the right mm-hmm. way. So your intention should be to make the world a better place by servicing that need. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is that that's what a lot of people especially don't see is that the money will come. Mm-hmm. Do Provide value. Value is what you need. Provide value. Because the worst weeks I ever had was when I was counting my paychecks. Let there be light. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm like. <laughs> the worst weeks I ever had, like production-wise, yeah. counting my paychecks. How much did I make this week? Mm-hmm. How much did I do this week? This, this, and that. People smell it. People see it. Yeah. Right? When you're talking to someone who's about to give you their hard-earned money because they believe in the message that you're providing, they smell it. They can tell how yeah. much you're going to be making the, the closer that that person gets yeah. to sign in that like, autograph. Please, please, please. So <laughs> what I would say to young entrepreneurs is find your purpose. Mm. And I don't mean purpose as in what is, you know, what are you passionate about, mm-hmm. right? Because you could be passionate about something that no one's going to pay for. Oh, of course. Right. Of course. So find something that is valuable in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. You know, there's billionaires in China for concrete. Do you really think he's that excited about concrete? Yeah. Probably not. But he has value. It, it's valuable within the society. For sure. So he provides that value and then he's paid accordingly. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what the biggest thing is. Like, you're a musician. Yeah. Right? Would you say that, like, where are you planning on taking that? So, for me, my goal is to open a studio mm-hmm. and a school just to, again, appeal to the community. Because, one, I feel like the school system right now is just not where it's at. Like, it's just focused on that same mentality that we had of workers in a factory and can I get them to produce how I need them to as mm-hmm. a minion. And that's, we're past that. That's, that's the industrial mechanical, like this is the information and technology age. And so I feel like it's time for us to just push ourselves into that next era. Mm-hmm. And so with the studio as well, I want it to be that place, like a place where people feel like they can be themselves. That's mm-hmm. why I, I, the studio for me is a place where people can monetize that passion yeah. for music, especially the young kids, because everybody's everybody wants to make beats. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be the next SoundCloud rapper. But can I get you to come to the studio and understand, OK, well, actually record it, actually mm-hmm. put it on SoundCloud, actually take the steps to monetize your business. You're providing so, you're providing a platform in a way where it allows people to make themselves better. Which yeah. is amazing, because that's exactly what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Right. Because so. There's always the stigma, right, of, for example, door-to-door sales. Yeah. Right? Oh, some shady guy, you know, coming (laughs) up, trying to take my money, this and that, whatever, right? If I provided a platform in which we can provide services ethically in a way where people like coming to your door, Mm -hmm. right? So what I want to do is I want to provide a platform for other people to take what they have whether it be interpersonally, whether it be charismatically, whether it be intellectually, and bring it about to where they can build something off of that. Yeah. Right. And then better the community while I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. That's really why I'm doing what I'm doing is because obviously it's good money. Obviously there's money to be made. There's a niche in the market. But if I can find 5, 10, 20 people that genuinely want to make a change for themselves and for their family, I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, they're going to put so much effort towards bettering themselves. And as long as I compensate them for the value that they provide, it's going to be it's going to be amazing. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that's the exact same thing you're trying to do. Yeah, for sure. I think it, like you were saying, um, I feel like you can find value in anything because to kind of go back to that. I don't think it's that uh, there's only certain things that have value. I think it's just that 
you need to find the way that what you're passionate about can be valuable. Because yeah. sometimes in that initial form, it's not going to make you any money. Because the problem that I find, especially in the music industry, um, for example, is just that a lot of times people, nobody wants to listen to my music. Okay, well, your music may not be what's going to make you the money. You may be a A&R person. You may be a songwriter for somebody. Like, a lot of people don't even remember um, Jordan Sparks. She wrote a lot of songs when we were younger, and she was really popular as an artist when she was younger. But she's won, like, two or three Grammys just for being a songwriter. Mm -hmm. And nobody knows that she wrote those songs, but it's for people like, I don't want to misquote artists, but I know for a fact uh, one was for Usher and just like very popular artists that mm -hmm. we listen to. And we don't know that she wrote that song, but she's still making money with her music, just not necessarily with her as the artist. Mm -hmm. So being able to find how you can repurpose. So it may not be that you're going to be the CEO or the business owner, but you may be the consultant to the CEO who pays you just as much as his salary because he knows you're going to make him the money as value. well, the value. Well, that's the thing that Jay-Z, I think, said. Mm -hmm. He said, find your purpose, or he said, find the talent that God gave you Amen. and find a way to monetize it. Amen. Right? And I really do think that the value that God gave me in a way, right, and, you know, I'm Christian, so I, yeah. be I believe in that regardless, but I think that God provided me an ability to articulate arguments in a certain way to persuade people in a different direction yeah right and i think that the way that i've presented that to homeowners or mm -hmm. to clients or to people that i'm consulting mm -hmm. has been consistent this whole time so i'm i don't want to say naturally able because yeah. i don't want to make it sound you know more egotistical than it is but i do have a natural ability of being able to communicate and relate with other people it's just what you're good at and you were even asking me in the beginning about my age well that's the reason why I can do it is because yeah. for some reason I can just relate to people. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if you're coming from the middle of Detroit and you're, you know, 45, you know, white man coming down to Florida talking to people and I can talk to you or you're coming from a different side of the whole other world. Like I can talk to you. Yeah. Right. And while we talk in that conversation, I can lead that conversation for you to reach a conclusion of buying my product or service. Yeah, of course. Right. And that was the biggest thing is that young entrepreneurs, they just need to find what they're good at because someone's yes. good at something. And if they're not good at something, they'll find something to get better at. Yeah. And then they can monetize There's it. There's always something that you can focus on to get better. And you have to know who you are. Yeah. Not everyone's a CEO. Yes. They're not. Some people are just better at the analytics. Exactly. Some people are just better at sales. Yeah. Some people are just better at front desk management. Mm -hmm. Some people are just better. And they all get paid accordingly. Of course. Right. But you have to really dig deep in who mm -hmm. you are and what you want. Yeah. Because not everyone wants the liability of being a CEO. Exactly. It takes a oh. high level yes. of stress, of, you know, decision making, responsibility, accountability, and discipline to be a CEO. Yeah. Not everyone wants that. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah. Not everyone wants to take on a business that's mm -hmm. full commission that you don't know if you're going to get paid or not. Of course. That's, some people have families. Some people have mortgages. So when it really comes down to it, it's not for everyone, mm -hmm. right? There's a level of liability that comes about that some people just don't want to take, mm -hmm. right? So I think, especially for young entrepreneurs now, the most important thing that they could possibly do is look within and ask themselves, what do they want? Mm. What do I want? What do I want to be? And, you know, everyone's answer is different. Everyone's number is different. How much they want to make a year is different. Mm. Every, how much they want to make a month is different. Yeah. So what it has to do... That's fine. So what it really comes down to is... What do I want, mm -hmm. right? And then we gauge it around that. Some people want to be doctors. Some people want to be engineers. Some people want to be lawyers. Okay, mm -hmm. well, we know that path, right? We know the path is, boom, college, mm -hmm. then grad school, mm -hmm. right? Then medical school or taking the bar or going that mm -hmm. direction. But for me personally, there was a level of, there was a level of accountability for what I needed to do and what I needed to do to succeed. And it, I, that's all I think about, right? Yeah. I, want, I want freedom. And then I want to be able to sustain myself financially. Yeah, of course. And I've just guided my life around that. Mm -hmm. So I think, honestly, at, at the end of the day, years, I would say 17 to 25. Mm. Are those years you should be looking in instead of looking out. Yes. What do you want? What do you want from this life? Where do you want to be? How do you want to get there? Mm -hmm. And those answers are going to be very difficult to find, which is why you have to continuously ask yourself always and in doing so you'll eventually stumble upon the answer or at least stumble upon the guidelines that will reach you to your answer yes and that's just how you choose right because the biggest problem that i have right now is man 
I have too many paths to follow. Do I go to school? Do I not go to school? Do I work? Do I not work? Do I yeah. become an entrepreneur? Do I not become an entrepreneur? Do I do this? Do I do that? And I was doing both at a, at a, for a long time. I started my first semester, you know, last year. I'm planning, I'm, I'm going to finish my bachelor's to get uh, international business and finance, to mm-hmm. get a degree in that. That's what I did personally. And it was like raising hell. Yeah. Because my grandmother was a teacher for 40 years. Yeah. So the first thing that I said, I said, yeah, no, I think I'm going to take a break and mm. just pursue a career wow. for a moment. She was like, you got to do this. That you got to do that. And yeah. Oh, <laughs> trust me. The fight that I had to go through. But it's not for everyone. Of course. And the way that I see it is like, wait a minute. I'm going to school to study business, but I have an opportunity to be in a business. Why don't I just learn business in a business? Exactly. And then just formalize it on the back end. For sure. You know? And I agree with that. Totally. A lot of business professors don't even interact with a business at all. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally can attest to that because mm-hmm. I want to be a college professor. And I will say this wholeheartedly. I don't think everyone should go to college. College is not for everyone and not even necessarily the college because I do agree that everybody should have some level of furthering their education, mm-hmm. but it should be in what you want, what you're passionate about. So that may be going to a technical school and going for mechanics, or that may be going to the Cordon Bleu for culinary. There's something that you can always do to further your knowledge. Cause mm-hmm. ultimately at the end of the day, going to post-secondary institutions is about furthering your knowledge. So how you're saying, you can learn your business in a business and then go get that piece of paper that'll validate it to everyone else. I mean, the reality is, is that that's what we've been told, right? That's that's the path. You get out of high school, you go to college. Mm-hmm. But if everyone does it, supply and demand. Yeah. Supply but even and then, demand. everybody should technically be successful, right? If that's the case. But that's formula, the thing, right? That's the whole, that's the whole yeah. thing, right? It's supply and demand. If everyone has it, then where are we at now? Exactly. Right? Because there, there was a time where not everyone had it, and it was kind of like a bargaining chip to get into where you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. But now if that's the standard, right? Now we're in a position where, you know, you could go in and take out $100,000 in, in college debt, but then finish up making fifty grand a year. Mm-hmm. Man, when there's, at teachers, the right? beginning salary is right? 48000 When someone else could go be a welder, or a plumber or an electrician making a hundred, two hundred grand. Literally. But that's the thing is that those people back up society. Exactly. We those, need everyone. Correct. Correct. Because I mean you at a level I mean, teachers obviously is <laughs> one of the most important things you yeah. could possibly be doing. The problem is they're so underpaid that yeah. unfortunately it causes a lot of problems. And underbedded because of that. Mm, exactly. Because exactly. everybody I feel like everybody and this is kinda of a little tangent, just from a teacher, speaking for my teachers. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of people sometimes treat it as like a oh well I'll go try my adventure and if it doesn't work then I'm gonna go teach. And it doesn't. That shouldn't work. be a backup plan. Yeah, like, that shouldn't that's be your what backup I'm plan. saying. I personally believe that teachers, because of their importance, I think they should have the same level of qualification as doctors. Yeah, and they do. In other countries, they have to have the equivalent of a master's. Yeah. Like they they you have to have a certain level of knowledge. Like literally, and I can speak for the state of Florida because it's different in different states. But even in the state of Florida, all you have to do is pass a general knowledge test, which is basically saying, you know, all of your high school information that you're supposed to know. Mm-hmm. You pass a professional, which just t- like educates you on certain laws. So anybody can read a couple of laws and memorize them and then a subject area. And that's it. And it's not uh, not to make it sound like it's so hard, like it's so simple because it is hard for some people. But I do feel like it should be something that you pursue for the sake of teaching, not for the sake of having a job. Well, they should be paid accordingly as well. Yeah. I mean, I come from a family of teachers, mm-hmm. right? So I will never be a teacher because I know what that looks like. <laughs> and it takes a level of fortitude, a level of fortitude mm-hmm. to even go into that career path and still be underpaid to the point where yes. you're barely making it. That is unacceptable. Because we want to be there. That is unacceptable. Teacher, we know we're underpaid, but mm-hmm. it, we go because we know we can make it happen with what we get, the little that we do get, and that we're making that impact on somebody else's life. I mean, life. you're responsible for the future of Literally. the United States Literally. of America. You're responsible for the future of a world superpower. Yeah. That's not just a, a song. Like, the, ki- the children are our future. No, literally, they're the future. <laughs> and the fact that people are being underpaid to take care of them is just insane. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. So, but that's what it comes down to is, is being able to look in. What do you want to do? Yeah. If I wasn't getting paid, what would I want to do? Probably this. I mean, I get to talk to hundreds of different people every single week, yeah. every single day. I learn stories of people that are, you know all over the world do different things, experience different experiences, 
And as a young entrepreneur, I think that's the best possible thing that I could do because now I'm learning 20, 30, 40 different outlooks of life yes. within a week, mm-hmm. right? Talking to people, hey, what do you do? How, do you, how did you get there? What yeah. happened? This, this, and that, right? That's like market research. Mm-hmm. So by the time I'm 21, 25, right, that's what I want to be. Exactly. You know, I know we were talking about, you know, you wanting to be a professor, but why did you want to be a professor? I, I want to be a professor because a lot of times... And it's like you're saying, it's super important. Like K-12 is super important because not everybody is going to go mm-hmm. to college. But I also feel like if you're in that college setting, you need somebody to hold you to a standard and push you and give more of an eclectic sense of the way of teaching. And like to elaborate a little bit of what I mean by that is I feel like a lot of times there's too many professors who go to class, put a PowerPoint up on the board and just talk. Mm -hmm. and read the PowerPoint and they don't even elaborate they don't teach you the skills of how to go research how to find knowledge how to go into the field and like do observations and just like Mm -hmm. be more in depth with the education process itself because obviously if you're at a second post-secondary institution then that means that you're there to learn Mm -hmm. and so I feel like that people who are there need to have the most quality education and learn how to continue their education even when they're done with school. Because once you stop learning, you're dead. Let me ask you this. How do you feel your experience is either the same or different as a black woman trying to be a professor? <laughs> I think it's, it's challenging at times. Uh-huh. But to kind of speak on the point you made earlier, I know that I'm going to be able to do it and I know that I'll be able to set that path for other people because I lean so much on my knowledge and I know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. So when you put me in a room with the other uh, Filipino or white or Asian or like with put me in a room with anybody, I can hold my own because at the end of the day, it's about the knowledge and the craft. And I've been working on my craft like I've been teaching since I was in high school. I would go to middle schoolers and te- give them lessons. I mm-hmm. now I work at Samet. Like I take every opportunity that I can to learn about my craft and invest in my craft. Everything I do, even from my leisure reading and leisure activities, is a way of me moving towards being a pro- better professor because it's being a better person. Just to let you know, if you were a teacher, I would be at school every single day. By the way, <laughs> because we need teachers like you. We need yeah. teachers that genuinely care. Yeah. Right? That my grandmother was one of those. She was yeah. she was an AP physics and chemistry teacher yeah. in high school, but she genuinely cared yeah. about the kids. And that's that's a unique thing yeah. nowadays. And how terrible exactly. is that? And to, I hate that. Like I how hate terrible that you have is to that? Hope that you yeah, get the right? good teacher. That's the thing. But those one or two good teachers, you know, I wanna bring a good I wanna bring a good environment for my community. Mm-hmm. I want to bring about a positive impact for my community. For sure. But I want to set example to a lot of the first generations that here in the US. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a first generation. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I owe it to my bloodline yeah. to succeed in some way, shape or form. For sure. Right? Because you know I'm I'm Mexican. Yeah. Um, my family's from Guadalajara. I'm a dual citizen. I go back, you know, to and from but when we look around unfortunately what a lot of occupations that Mexicans in the US right now are taking are the the lawn care yeah the plumbers the construction workers but that's because it's out of necessity because they had to get here right we don't see a lot of doctors lawyers engineers entrepreneurs so if i could be that guy say hey listen i came to the u.s as a first generation and here i am now you know i feel like it's going to provide a really great impact to the younger mexican americans that are coming in as well right and that's one of the biggest reasons why i'm doing that as well because who am i yeah who am i to not have that yeah who am i not to be right because my, you know, my parents came over here. Mm-hmm. My dad came over here. The, the sacrifice that your yeah. ancestors made, mm-hmm. sacrifice that my ancestors made. Who am I not to be the best that I can possibly be? Yeah. Who am I not to strive for everything yeah. that I could possibly obtain? Yeah. You know, I totally I, it's just that. not in my blood. I can't. Yeah. I can't accept it. And one thing to point out, too, I feel like a lot of times, like, yes, we talk about our ancestors and our bloodline, but it's also... We have to talk about our parents in that as well, like because sometimes we try to look so far in the past. Mm -hmm. And yes, they made those sacrifices. But you also have to understand, like your parents made sacrifices for you. They're the ones who made sure you were good and they learned that from their ancestors. So it's you literally just learning from generations and generations of taking care of your family, Mm -hmm. because ultimately, like I said, this is this people business and we're about the world. And in that, you have to understand that you have to take care of your little piece of the world. Mm -hmm. And so often people just look for something somewhere else that they don't understand the richness and what they come from. The sacrifices, like you were saying, that our ancestors made, that they are 
literally your 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 ancestors' wildest dream. Mm-hmm. And so, who are you not to take advantage of the tra- path that was laid before you? And I just I really appreciate you bringing that up because I feel so passionately about that. Because even if you just think about the past hundred years, just think about your your parents, your grandparents, your great grandparents, and your great great grandparents. Just those four generations alone have done so much for you. And just imagine how much you don't know about the generations that came previous to We are the product of the most ultimate sacrifices. Yeah. Because that's the only way that we got here. Mm-hmm. And I don't even mean here, like geographically speaking, I mean here as in where we are in the world. Exactly, yeah. The only way that we could have done what we're doing now mm-hmm. is because of the amount of sacrifice that our parents, grandparents, and great-grandparents went through. Yeah. It's the only part, everyone. It doesn't matter whether you're a first generation here in the U.S. It doesn't matter whether your family's been here for 25 generations. It does not matter. You are the product of extreme sacrifice. Yeah. So who are you not to be successful? You're alive. You're breathing. That's what it it comes down to. Everybody, I feel like um, sometimes we just get into the pattern of making excuses Mm -hmm. because we're that instant gratification going back to that like we want everything to happen we feel like if we hit this milestone if I graduate from this program if I do this then all of a sudden the world should come to me and because it's I I deserve it and it's like you you deserve what you work for Mm -hmm. and that's gonna show up in what you do because where you are now is a direct reflection of your past thoughts and actions period what do you think success is like if you you, if you define success what do you think success to me yeah is being content with not hoping for your life to be any different than where it is now. That's a good answer. Because a lot of times I feel like people judge it off of what other people like. If Oh, yeah. I need to have a million. I need to have this. I need to have mm-hmm. that. Like, no. Success for me personally is taking care of my family and nobody having to want for anything, including the next generations of my family, mm-hmm. including my great-grandchildren, including that knowledge that people should have. And I think it just ultimately comes down to your own personal success, definition of success. Because like yeah. you said, there's some people who just want to work a nine to five and because they can go home to their family because yep. their family is the most important of them. And they're the most successful people in their world. And I give that to them because that's a lot of our ancestors. A lot mm-hmm. of our ancestors just wanted to be at home and dream this dream of us. But let me tell you, nine to five is hard. Oh, yeah. That's it not is easy. hard. I have the utmost respect for people that do yeah. that. That wake up every day day mm-hmm. in day out no yeah. days off go to a job that they don't want to be at but they know that they have an obligation to take care of their family that's hard yeah what i'm doing is not hard exactly not by a mile exactly i go out i talk to really nice people sometimes they're mean sometimes they're not and then they buy my thing whether yeah. they buy my thing or don't buy my thing someone's gonna buy my thing yeah that's not hard what's hard is waking up at six in the morning and laying bricks till 9 p.m exactly that's hard that's hard yeah and I have the utmost respect for those people. For but sure. at the end of the day, those people, if they look within themselves and say, you know what? I like what I do because I built the infrastructure of civilization Literally. myself, then it's perfectly fine. That's exactly. success. Like for me, success is equity. Mm. That's what I look for. That's, that's my definition of success. Yeah. Whether it be equity within the relationships that you hold personally, whether it be financial equity, yeah. whether it be interpersonal equity, accountability is sure. what I think is success. If you can control the environment around you, that's success. Yeah. Now you could be in a nine to five controlling the world around you. You mm-hmm. could be laying bricks controlling the world around you. You could yeah. be an entrepreneur for millions of dollars and controlling the world around you. Yeah. But I think success is a level of equity. You own it. Your name is on it in some way, shape yeah. or form. But that doesn't mean, you know, on a LLC, that doesn't mean for on sure. a, a brand new G wagon. What yeah. that means is that your name is on the child that's gonna come up, is gonna cure cancer. Yes. Or your name is on the back label of the woman that you fell in love with and is gonna be with for 60 years. Yeah. That's equity. For and I sure. think that's that's my definition yeah. of success. That's where I wanna be. Yeah, because I had shared, um, just so you know, because on a previous episode, I had shared this story um, about a person who he was on a flight that was crashing. And he noticed that as the passengers were passing away, there were certain like aura like things coming Mm -hmm. out of them. And he had said that he noticed that some of them were brighter than others. And that was kind of like that visual representation of like people being content with themselves and who they are. Cause Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of times we forget that the only moment that we're guaranteed is the present. Yeah. 
And if you, I always try to challenge myself to think like, if this was my last breath, because we always expect it to come, but it's mm. not guaranteed. So if this is my last breath, what would they say about me at my funeral? Mm -hmm. What kind of impact? Because I don't care about, because ultimately for me, it's not about me. I'm, I'm content with my life, I'm happy. I make sure that I live my life in a way where I know that I could be impactful to others. Live your, live your life like every day is your last because one day it will be. Exactly. You know, I completely agree with that. I there is no tomorrow. There I, I no want to say I left it all on the table. I don't want to have regrets. Yeah. yeah. Well, even so, I don't know do you, if you follow like, you know, a lot of motivational people, like for example, David Goggins. Have you ever, yeah. you ever followed David mm -hmm. Goggins? Okay, so, so David Goggins says something very unique about that. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, where he came from, you know, with the overweight, the dead end job, the mm -hmm. terrible psyche to where he is now, ultra marathon runner, Navy SEAL, Ranger, like just crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy accomplished man. But his biggest fear was, was that he was going to die and he was going to go to the pearly gates and St. Michael was going to look at him or St. Peter was going to greet him. And St. Peter says, okay, sit right here. And then God comes out and God says, David Goggins, Navy SEAL, Ranger, ultra marathon runner. And David Goggins is still the same guy. And he never did any of those things. And he looks at it and he's like, I think you got the wrong guy, God. And then God says, no, that's who you could have been. Mm. But you weren't. So that's my biggest fear. My biggest fear is not not having money. My biggest fear is not being necessarily successful. My biggest fear is that I won't actualize my potential. Yes. I have a fire inside of me that I'm like, I yes. need to get this done. I need to go further. I need to get here yes and my biggest fear is that i'm knock on wood i'm no longer here and i get shown everything that i could have been yes rather than what i am now for sure you know and that is my ultimate goal is to die and stand right next to the exact image of what you could of what been. i could have been yeah and that's what I and that's why I take that's why I'm taking the risks that I'm taking. That's why I'm going to the places that I'm going. Is that yeah. at the end of the day, what do I got to lose? Exactly. We're and all I, gonna die. That, that's what it really comes down to. We're I all feel gonna like die. Everybody is. <laughs> everyone is so worried about. Oh well, if I do this, mm -hmm. then this is gonna happen. So that's why I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And I hear that so often, especially with new newer entrepreneurs, not necessarily yeah. young, but people. They say, oh. I'm scared of this is going to happen. I'm scared of this. Nothing's going to happen if you don't do anything. Correct. Worrying is not going to make your situation better. Hesitation and kills. He yeah. Because at the end of the day, you have to take that risk of what if. Because that's, that's when my, my tattoo is said, what if I fall? But oh, my darling, what if you fly? Mm -hmm. what, if, what if your wildest dreams come true? What if you took that dream that you had and make it a reality? Because I, at the end of the day, I believe that you don't have an idea or a dream or a vision for something unless it can actually come to. And regardless of how it may not come to the way that you think, mm -hmm. but if you just take the steps to actualize how you said and to capitalize on what you have in your mind as your vision for the future, then you, you're golden. Well, I don't think the brain can conceive impossible. It, yeah. So therefore, anything you think of is possible. Exactly. Exactly. Everything you think of is possible. Exactly. Right. And a lot of people, they hear that and they're like, wait a minute. I can think of plenty of things that are impossible, but you just thought of the impossible and exactly. therefore it is. Right. So if I think of something, well, that's impossible, then now yeah. it is. Yeah. But if I know that if I think it, if I can conceptualize it in a way to where I can then, if I can think of it, like you can't think of a new, try and think of a new color. You can't. Yeah. So the brain doesn't know what it doesn't know. So therefore, if it does know, it can happen. Exactly. Right? So even for the concept of, you know, no one ran a, under a four-minute mile until someone ran a four-minute mile. Exactly. And then everyone ran a four-minute mile. Yeah. So it's just a matter of seeing what your boundaries are, seeing what you personally believe, what you personally perceive to be the edge. Yeah. And just going a little bit further. Yes. Because only when you go a little bit further are you really going to see what your potential yeah. is. Yeah. So let me ask you this then. Because I, I really, that likes triggered a thought that I've been passionate about for a long time. How important do you think creativity is in not only just in regular life, but in business and being that forward thinker and being... It's everything. Yeah, innovative. It is everything. Creativity is the essence of everything. Mm -hmm. Nothing existed without creativity. The only difference that we have to a primate 
is creativity. Yeah. Because creativity gives us a self-image. Yeah. Because we can imagine it, mm-hmm. and therefore we are. So it, ha- it, it, it is the most important thing that you could possibly have. And the thing about creativity is that it can be trained. Yes. It can be trained. You can Definitely. think about things to the point where you get so good at visualizing those things that they become real. Yeah. Like, for example, se- like that cell phone that's recording this podcast right now. That was someone's thought. Yes. Everything at some point, it correct. That was made. So that's why I implore you to read Think and Grow Rich because mm-hmm. Think and Grow Rich literally brings about the idea of the. It brings about the idea of the all-knowing universe. Yeah. Right. That all-knowing universe at a level of our subconscious, we can tap into. For sure. And when we tap into it, we can create, innovate, and execute all in our minds. Yeah. And in doing so, that is the essence of success. For sure. Right? Because it takes someone to see something in a way that no one else does and yes, act upon it. Yes, exactly. And that's the thing about, cre- and I, absolutely, I yeah. think creativity is the utmost. For because sure. Because it's the only way businesses succeed yeah. is by doing something just a tad bit different than what's, what's being done right now. Yeah. Creating that niche. So, yeah, absolutely. For sure. Because the thing to share, the thought that triggered it is... Uh, obviously, I have an arts background. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love painting and coloring and things of that nature. And I would always question when teachers would say, like, oh, paint that tree a tree color. I'm like, what's a tree color? Can a tree be purple and orange? And people, oh, no, a tree can't be that color. You can create that, or it may be that it's viewed in that light. Mm-hmm. And people will restrict their thought process by thinking like, oh, well, that's not logical or that's not what I've been taught, so therefore it can't be. Well, even psychologically speaking, there is a time of, children, of, of child development in which the imagination and the reality are the same. Yeah. Why do you kids have imaginary friends? Yeah. How is it possible that a kid can pick up a broomstick and think that it's a tree? Or how is it possible that they can do, they can imagine someone's there and no one's there? Yeah. It's because at that level of development, our subconscious and conscious mind are so closely knitted because we haven't been able to be programmed in a certain way. Exactly. That it coexists. Yeah. So that's why children, in an essence, are so pure and so innocent is because they haven't seen the world. So, for example, you push over this, you push over this coffee that's Mm -hmm. standing right here. Yeah. What happens? The coffee falls. Yeah. Right. I know that that's what's going to happen. You know what that's what's going to happen. But if a child has never seen a coffee fall and they push it and it falls, there's a new program. Yeah. There's a little piece of information that they stick in the back of their head. So this coffee and this cup, even though there's no coffee in it, the same rules apply. Mm -hmm. So where your teacher is saying, well, you know, you have to draw a tree color, right? This tree versus that tree. It's the same tree. So to them, it doesn't there's, there's no difference. Yeah, exactly. Right. But to a child, it could be purple. To a child, it could be green yeah. because they've never they've never not seen it. Exactly. So they can imagine it to exactly. be. Exactly. But a but a grown person will see a tree and see the tree and see another tree and they're like, well, that's a tree. So yeah. I know that exactly. that's what it is. I've never not I've I've never seen a tree be purple, so therefore it can't be. Yeah. When a child says, I've never seen a tree be purple, so therefore it could be. Yes. Right. And yes. that's well and that's said. the thing about creativity, is that there's a level of programming that we all need to be aware of that restrict our ability to innovate you have to break those boundaries in order to to achieve and i feel like that's what a lot of people don't understand because everybody's like oh well i want my story to be like that and it's like you can't you can't ever be that person you can't ever have the exact same pass as them because Mm -hmm. you're not that person correct because you are your experiences and you that's how you build your knowledge base and so you don't know what it took for somebody to get to that point well, the other thing is I think a lot of young entrepreneurs, they try and manipulate the environment around them mm-hmm. and neglect the environment within them. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Right? I like so that. What I think, and that's the biggest thing, is we were talking about making your bed, yeah. cleaning your room. Mm-hmm. Right? Those are, those are things around you. But if you, you can clean your room, you can make your bed, you can do it. But if you don't figure out what's going on in your head yes. first, you're never going to get anywhere. Yeah. Because there is a level of, uh, of unknown programming and when I say programming, I don't mean conspiracy. Of yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of but what it is, is is a way of thinking and sequence in which we think things to be so and therefore they are. Yeah. And whatever programming you've subscribed to will determine what your future becomes. Of course. So if you as a young entrepreneur think in a very rigid way that cannot be molded, you are not going to succeed in this business. Yes. Because it takes a level of trial and error. It takes a level of flexibility. It takes yeah. a level of liquidity to be able to do what you need to do to succeed because being an entrepreneur is not 
when you want to chop a tree down, you use the axe, it has to go straight through. It's okay, I'm water, I have to go around it. And if the tree falls down as a result, then so be. Yeah. Right? And that's the biggest thing that a lot of young entrepreneurs, I think, need to hear is that yeah. you have to be flexible. For sure. It doesn't matter how many times you get in a cold shower or look in a mirror and say your affirmations. <laughs> if you can't figure out what's going on in your own head. Yeah. I felt that. And definitely, I feel like people have to understand you can learn something from everything, even if you're learning Absolutely. how not to do it. Absolutely. Because that's one thing that they teach us um, at UCF because I'm a music education major. And when we're doing our observations, they, they drill that into us. They drill into us the fact that you may not like it, but you need to sit there and observe and learn. So that way you know what you like and what you don't like. Who was, who was the, um, the trumpet player that like expanded his cheeks? Was that Lance? No, 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 no. I believe that was um, Dizzy Gillespie, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Because when I, Sorry I was, I I was learning, now. yeah, right? Sorry, audience. <laughs> but I was learning, so when I was learning how to play the trumpet, yeah. okay, the first rule that they told me was you can't inflict, you don't puff your cheeks, yeah. you, keep them, you keep them closed. Yeah. So that, that's exactly what you're saying. Learn what not to do, because there was a gentleman who played trumpet amazing, yeah. but his cheeks were yeah. like, like a, like a walnut, or they were yeah. like, a, uh, like, a, like a squirrel. Like, like it was crazy, yeah. or like a chipmunk, yeah. exactly. It was insane but it taught you what not to do. Exactly. And that's what I think you need to do. That's why you need to open up your boundaries of networking, of talking to as many people as possible. Even if they don't subscribe to your thinking. Yes. Even if they think it's nothing, there's nothing wrong with a nine to five or there's nothing wrong with doing this or doing that or X, Y, and Z, it doesn't matter, right? See what makes them tick. Yeah. Because then you could figure out what makes you tick in the process. Mm -hmm. exactly. And I think a lot of young entrepreneurs, what they're doing is, is they're closing themselves off. Mm -hmm. Right, because a lot of the times they're saying, oh, well, you know, if you're not trying to get the same goals, then I can't hang out with you. Yeah. Or if you're doing this, then I can't hang out with you, which to an extent yeah. is, is okay. Yeah, but there's a difference. But there's a difference. There's a difference. Right, if you have a friend who is very negative, who is always saying something It's negative. okay to have standards, but you it's shouldn't okay. have expectations Correct. that are in, like, Correct. unable to be Like if I'm trying anyone. to make something of myself and there's someone else bringing me down, I need to have that crucial conversation yeah, saying, by hey, all listen, means. whoever that may be, I need to distance myself for the moment and figure out what I need to do. But you call me up, you yeah, need anything, I got Yeah, it's okay to love people from afar. Correct. That, you don't have to, I, and I think that's a problem too, because a lot of times, uh, especially our generation, we throw around this word toxic a lot. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I feel like it's overused and it's out of context all the time. Because mm -hmm. people, if they think that it's something that's not suitable for them now, or they think that they don't like something, all of a sudden it's toxic. And that's not what toxic is. Toxic is something that's causing you harm mm -hmm. that you cannot be around at all. Well, that's the thing is that it comes back to self-inspection. Yeah. It comes back to knowing yourself. Yeah. Right? A lot of times when we don't know what our code is, mm -hmm. we can try and make definitions for something that it's not. Yes. Right? So if, for example, I have a very weak moral code, let's just say, I don't, but let's just say I do. <laughs> yeah. And I surround myself with like-minded individuals who have yeah. a very weak moral code, right? I don't think that's toxic. Yeah. But it is. Yeah. Because it's hurting me. Exactly. But if I have a weak moral code and I surround myself with people with strong codes, yeah. I'm toxic now. And mm -hmm. they're not. Yeah. But in my mind, I could think they are because they're trying to change who I am. So it comes down to self-inspection. It comes down to really trying to think about what it is between right and wrong, to do or not to do, and then just picking a direction and just walking in it. Yeah. No, I totally get that. And I feel like... Um, to speak on that a little bit, I feel like people just have to learn how to be honest with themselves. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like with this social media and this so day and age hard, yeah. where everybody wants to put on a front, like nobody is their Instagram page. <laughs> like, let me just put that out there. Everybody's so focused on their highlights and the post and all. That's the best of the best. That is a curated presentation of a person. Mm -hmm. You only see what someone allows you to see. But of that's them. that instant gratification. Yeah. You know, and it, it really has ruined. If you don't know that that's what it is, it will be the most devastating thing that a person can go through. Yeah. Because they'll just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and their dopamine receptors will just getting hit and hit and hit. And they will compare themselves to what they see, but they have no clue what that person's feeling on the other side of that screen. Yeah. Right? So the death of happiness is comparison. Ooh, come on. Right? It really is. Yeah. Because I look at you, right? And I say, wow, young entrepreneur, doing amazing things, doing a studio, doing this, doing that. But I don't know the struggles that you went through to get that done. Oh. But I can look at the result and say, oh, man, I, I'm not yes. doing enough. I, yeah. I feel I, like people fail to realize a lot of people don't look like what they've been through. 
So you may think that somebody has it all together and this and that, but you only know what you know. And you don't know everything about that And you that don't person. know what you don't know. Exactly. Yeah. And so you, I think it just automatically comes down to the assumptions that we make. Because um, on an earlier episode, I was talking about The Four Agreements, the book that I just talk about all the time. Because it's basically saying, uh, don't take anything personal, be impeccable with your word, mm -hmm. always do your best and don't have expectations. Mm -hmm. And I feel like those four agreements are something that's very simple in nature, but very hard to actually enact all the time. It's very stoic of you. <laughs> you know, you know. It's very stoic of you. For me. sure. But I, I love that. I mm -hmm. love the school of stoicism. And it's mm -hmm. funny because I'm an emotional person, so you wouldn't think that. Me too. But I think we, like you were saying, and you've been bringing notice to it a lot, and I appreciate you for it, is that we have to do self-reflection. Because sometimes it's so easy to get caught up in the world that you got to realize you got to focus what you can control. And the one thing that you have total control of is yourself. And how you perceive things as Exactly. Well, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, for example, like I, I, I personally just finished Meditations by Marcus mm. Aurelius. Yes. And what's so funny about that book is that it's not a book, per se. Yeah. It's a journal. Yeah. So it really brings out a perspective of just who he was, mm -hmm. you know, how he thought. What do, you, what do you put down on that paper? For sure. And the fact that those truths that he experienced thousands of years later are still, still true. Still true just shows that we are the same. Yes. We are the same life people as a thousand. Life is cyclical. The circle of life. Correct. Correct. And it's just it's just the same it's the same sequence different players. Yes. It's Definitely. Every single time. And if you don't realize that, all you're going to do is just continue the sequence. Yeah. There's nothing new under the sun. I say that all the time. And especially sometimes artists get a little hit by that cuz they don't they're like, "Oh, well I got a new sound. I got this. I got Okay, but th I guarantee you that there's somebody who's done something like that. You just don't know about it because you don't know what mm -hmm. you don't know, right? It comes all the way back to that. Well, that was the same thing when I was wrestling. When I was, when I was continuously training, the first, you know, when I was young and I was just getting into the sport, yeah. well, I, I would always, you know, challenge my coach and I would say, well, what if I do this when he does that? Or what if I did that when he does this? And my coach, he said it so perfect. He said, Diego, the sport of wrestling is thousands of years old. If you think you thought of something new, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I said, and I kind of got hit like an ego with that. I was like, yeah. wait a minute, what are you talking about? Like, you know, it, it could be new because I'm, I'm an new. innovative young person. I, exactly. <laughs> but it's not. Yeah. What you think is new is wrong. Yeah. Someone has done it at some point before you, and all you have to do is just acknowledge that. Yeah. Right? Because it really is, at the end of the day, the sequence of things that come about, even the yeah. brand new things of, the Facebooks of the world, the Twitters of the world, these new social media platforms, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's way of st ways of stimulation. Yeah. It's ways of entertainment. We've been doing that since the gladiators. Oh, yeah. We just have different platforms. Yeah. It's just easier. It's just so readily available. So if you follow available. those rules, you will be very successful. Definitely. Like in the rules of sales, it's the same thing. It yeah. doesn't matter where you're selling coffees or you're selling programs sell or you're selling pen. that's my very <laughs> literally sell me this pen but the question becomes how long you've been in the market for a pen exactly it's the same stuff exactly. over and over and over and if you can balance those fundamentals and apply yeah. them to a new concept that is what makes a lot of entrepreneurs yes. especially young ones successful they understand that what they're bringing to the table is not new they just find a way to imitate emulate and then execute for sure and that that's perfectly leads me into my last uh closing thought is just uh this quote by clark terry that i think about all the time that i shared with you earlier is just imitate assimilate and then innovate because mm -hmm. a lot of times you got to understand you gotta you have to imitate what's already there like you said this is thousands of, the human race has been around forever mm -hmm. as far as we're concerned so you have to imitate who's already been there, who's been doing to get an understanding. And then once you understand that and are able to audiate that, which just means you have the understanding and are able to share from your own knowledge mm -hmm. base, then that's when it becomes assimilated into your knowledge. And once you have that as a part of your knowledge, then at that point, that's when you can innovate. That's when you can take the conceptual knowledge and apply it to a new so true. instance. And so I just... I've, you hit it right on the head. That's so true. There's no way around it. No, that's so true. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the only way to innovate is to know. Yeah. Right? To know what has been done and then think of a new way. For sure. So that's the thing that young entrepreneurs are doing is they're trying to skip, trying to skip the steps. <laughs> they're trying to be the CEO. They're trying to be the founder. Microwave they're trying to do this. Generation. But they got no clue. They got yeah. no clue what it's like to, to work for pennies and Ooh, work your way to the top. Come on. And that was the biggest thing to loop it back to where we started was there's a level of humility that's required. Yes. 
And Especially you, at this age. Exactly. So there's a level of humility that's required. There's a level of introspection that's required. And if you can't get those two things down, it's going to be a very difficult road for you. Yeah. You know, so. For sure. So do you have any uh, closing thoughts, remarks for our audience out there? Well, honestly, I implore the audience, whoever may listen, whoever may not listen, just when you stop this podcast, realize that what I know is nothing compared to what others know. Yes. Right? So the first thing. And then what you know is nothing compared to what others know. Yeah. So what I highly implore them to do, at least the audience is concerned, is take a look within yourself. Yeah. Find what you want. Think about what you want and think about why you want it. Yeah. And only then will you find your true calling. For sure. Uh, well said. So guys, we're just gonna wrap it up and my challenge to you, as I always try to leave you with one, is to just never stop learning. The The world is full of knowledge and as he was saying, you know, you have to really take it in from others because if you could learn everything from yourself, you'd already be where you wanna be. Exactly. So thank you guys for joining us so much. I will catch you guys next time. Shout out once again to Kava Culture Lake and Perry for helping <laughs> us with the visuals and with the audio and just being a great business as our next episode will be on Kava and Kratom, the wonderful teas that helped my life. That's awesome. And thank you again, Morgan, for having me. I yeah, really do appreciate it. For sure. It's been an awesome ride. So thank you. Yes, definitely. So we will catch you guys next week. This is Professor Fo signing off.